Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey there. It's your friend Toby. I'm back. Yeah, welcome to our show, The Fourth Dimension, with your host, your host of the ghost, Toby C. Don't you love that? The host of the ghost. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're in the studio today with my good friend, Bruce T. Welcome, Bruce. Good to see you again. How you been? Good, Toby. It's good to be here. Uh, loving it. Loving it. We're going to be talking about a, a topic like we do every show because it's the theme of our show, The Fourth Dimension. We're going to be talking about a, a subject very few people really like to engage. We're going to be talking about evil. We're going to be talking about um, negative paranormal experiences, <clears throat> satanic, demonic, um, whatever you want to call it, but anything that is the antithesis of good, anything that, that is the, the antithesis of, of a benevolent energy that wants good for us to be happy, joyous, and free, anything that wants to rob us of that, you can give it a name, whatever name you want to call it, but we're going to be calling it today the devil, or we're going to be calling it evil. We're going to be calling it uh, negative paranormal experiences. Well, we're going to kind of mix it up. We're going to try not to beat one adjective to death, um, but we're really it's it's about negativity. Amen on that. Have you experienced negativity in in uh, various periods of your sobriety, there, Bruce? Yes, I have. Unfortunately, just recently, in fact. Oh my goodness! Um, Hit it. Give me the highlights. What happened? <laughs> well, I uh, I believe that. Uh, my addictions and uh, the things that are wrong with me. I believe I have a, a, a mental illness that is uh, cured on a daily basis with uh, a conscious contact with God. And, um, but it's always there. And uh, when I first got sober, I used to get on a plane. And uh, as soon as I heard the wheels uh, crunching into the plane, I heard a voice that would say, have a drink, no one will know. And I heard that voice as clear as I'm hearing Toby's voice right now. Um, and uh, I, when I got on a plane, I waited for it, and I, and I heard it. And I heard it clear every time. And I, I used to laugh. And it, it eventually went away. But I know it's always there with me. And um, unfortunately, um, I was uh, with uh, my son this weekend, and he has um, a, uh, a gambling problem. And uh, he started, uh, he gambled crazy. Uh, I've never seen anybody uh, gamble so much money and lose so fast as he did. And it, what happens with me is it started uh, notice, feeling the, um, the pain and the suffering that he was feeling. I began to go back to the, the pain and suffering that I felt that is buried in, in beneath me and it was very, very uncomfortable, and I don't like feeling that way anymore. And I had to, I had to immediately start praying and going in and talking to God and going like, "Please help my son." But there's nothing I can do for anybody who doesn't want help and is. Um, and I understand that, and it's even harder when it's a relative, uh, which I've experienced. What a great, excuse me. What a great example, though, of of evil, of 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 some dark paranormal energy. 
that just wants to interfere with spiritual growth. What a great example, especially when we can see and experience it. So, it's so relevant with our beloved family members. And there it is. But, uh, you know, you were, you were describing being irritable, restless, and discontent. And the spirit wants to act out. And with, and with your beloved son, at, at, that, at that moment, instead of acting out with drugs or alcohol or, or sex or compulsive shopping, it was gambling. There it is. And there was the there was the the release. There was the outlet. There was the solution, the great illusion, the great illusion that this is going to give you satisfaction and relief from this irritable, restless, and discontent state of mind. What do you think? Agreed? I agreed. I think it's absolutely true. And uh it's 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 an elusive uh goal and I see it in a lot of people and it, it it's very perplexing to try to uh, get to somebody at that point and try to uh, bring them into reality and, and talking to someone who's in the disease at the moment I find is uh, is is useless and I t- and I, I try to tell them that you you need to talk to me when you're when you're out of what you're doing right now and uh, I did talk to him and um, he just made all the same he's in denial and that's another thing I found I mean I oh, yeah. hated being in denial. Denial is like you say, the paranormal or evil. It's evil. It's evil. It's evil. And by the way, let's describe denial for a minute. Is not one great form of denial distraction? To be distracted. The bells and the whistles and the lights on the on the uh, the slot machines or whatever. You know, it's a big distraction, right? Yeah. Is, isn't that where evil wants us to be? Restless? And distracted. Oh, I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that the the evil inside me does not want to kill me. It wants to torture me. And if I let it, uh, if it if it uh, rises or gets a hold of a thought or an action or sees something, that it uh, it wants to it, it tortures me because my my uh, I never uh, I I never died, came close to death, and I believe that the the addiction or the evil inside me uh doesn't if it killed me then it would be dead so what's the point of it doing that it would much rather torture me to death and be in control and part of this control is by getting me in a position where it can say things to me that aren't true and i might believe them at that time the great illusion the great illusion yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. now there's a book uh uh, in fact, we were talking about this book. It's very popular in, in one twelve step program. It's called Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, <laughs> and by the way, what's interesting is um, the library, the United States Library of Congress, deemed this this book, this publication, to be the eighth number eight, the eighth most influential piece of literature in in the the relevance of our, our nation's history and, and existence. And, and that's, that's quite an honor. And you know what's so nice about it is, is it's, it's not a big lecture on overcoming drinking. They're, it's full of principles, spiritual in their nature, to enable people to become happily and usefully whole. And I can guarantee it. There's something out there that doesn't want me to, to wake up and to live this day happily and usefully whole. Can you, you agree? I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, and that's why we have to do certain uh, procedures or steps. Everybody has a, a different way of, upon awakening, what you do to connect with the power. And I'm always saying, plug into the power, plug into the power. Uh, if you if you're not, and 
the power to me is it's unlimited. And that's part of my uh, uh, shtick or whatever is, is being human. I believe that there's only so much power and I I've come to believe now that it's unlimited power and it's only my, uh, uh, not knowing how much power there is is to draw on. I can draw on as much power as I want, but I, I think, but I think there's, there's, that's too much power. That's not true. I can grab all the power I want anytime I want, as long as I ask. And I, I, I feel like I'm not asking at the right time, or I'm not doing it right, and that's why it, it, it sometimes I fail. I love it. The metaphor of, of plugging into the power. What you're describing is the imagination. Right, just just coming up with some some descriptive um, term of what happens in a place called the fourth dimension. We were also talking about the fourth dimension is a place where higher uh, planular thinking occurs, where the open mind allows us to take us to places uh, to experience and witness things that uh, in a three dimensional world are otherwise impossible, and we are only limited. By our imagination, are we not? Absolutely. And there's something that wants to to squelch our imagination. There's something that wants to keep us in utter contempt uh, of our of our fellow man, right? Absolutely. And I believe this power doesn't want. I mean, this this evil does not me want me to connect into the power. So, I mean, the first thing you have to do for, for me is I have to plug into the power. So I have to grab the cord. I, t- I use a visual thing as I grab the plug and I plug it into the plug. Now, that's the first thing. you got to find the cord, then you plug it into the plug. Well, that's great, but you still haven't flipped the switch. Now you got to go over and flip. It's a lot of actions. So you go and you flip the switch. And then you have light, and you you're using the electricity, you're using the power. Thank well, you. We, hold that thought. Faith without works is dead. Of course, it takes action to plug it in, to flip the switch. And is there not every step of the way, Bruce? Is there not something that wants us not to 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 complete that action of plugging in? Is there something that wants us to to just hesitate momentarily from flipping that switch on? Right, absolutely. And then you go in, and, and then you go and you have the you you've turned on a, a lamp, say in your in your room, and you go, well, that's good. And and then something inside goes, that's good enough. That's good enough. You don't need any more light. Well, you can change the bulb. You can go to. I mean, what what it would be like to go from a twenty five to a forty? Well, you don't really need to do that. You can. It's fine. It's fine at twenty five. And then you put a forty watt bulb in, and you can see a lot better. And you go, wow, that's pretty good. And then, and then from there, you go, well, I wonder what a sixty watt bulb is. And then you put it in, and you go, wow, I can see even a lot better. And on and on. But it's just something. Sometimes, like the evil tells me that that's good enough. You don't need any more. Don't press it. You're going to drop the light bulb. You don't have to. You have to go to the store. You have to get the light bulbs and anything to stop me from getting more light and using more power. But it's there. It's just. It's just my. All these things come into my mind about why not, I, why I shouldn't do these things. And to get to 100 and 250 in a three-way bulb, I'm just using it as an example, is, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's on me. It's on me what I'm going to do with this power. And, and, and it's there available for everybody. And I've experienced, uh, like we're talking about, I've experienced plugging into the power and how great it makes you feel. And, you know, like you say, happy joy. I believe that I'm supposed to, 
be plugged into the power. And every single waking day, Bruce, is there not some lurking ambush predator that, that just awaits us, just waiting for the right moment to rob us of that power? Absolutely. That wants to, to plunge us back into darkness and hopelessness. And I love power and I love light. What a wonderful metaphor. And of course, that's a metaphor of God, of a power greater than ourselves, of God of our understanding, HP, higher power, whatever you want to call it, something good. But yeah, but uh, um, the spirit of the universe, the, the light, uh, there's something out there. Um, uh, the ambush predator of loneliness. loneliness. There it is, in unity. Ooh. But uh, I love the metaphor of light. And um, when we come back, I want to share with you an experience that I had, um, a near-death experience that involved the light. Seeing something that, again, very few people see, except in the fourth dimension. Hey, how about that? When we come back with Bruce T., uh, we're going to continue talking about uh, negative paranormal experiences in early sobriety. Only here on the fourth dimension with your host, Toby C. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such okay, thing we're back as with coincidences. Our guest Here's Toby. and my friend, Bruce T. Hey, Toby. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not here to, to discuss the devil. Uh, I heard once that the devil is not to be demonstrated. Uh, it's just to be believed. And, um, you know, the devil is not at the center of faith, but his figure is indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith. There it is. And so that's why we, we just don't, we, we got no problem talking about uh, evil or demons or the devil or whatever you want to call it. But it does say somewhere in this book called the good book, not the big book, but it says, be alert and sober of sober mind. For the devil is out there prowling around like a lion looking for a soul to devour. And there it is. And, and, uh, and the flip side of this, I think Bill W. wrote in that book, Alcoholics Anonymous, they said that what we really have is a daily reprieve. A daily reprieve from what? From evil. There it is. Contingent upon what? The maintenance of our spiritual condition. And, uh, and there we go. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> hey, so do you got any other... Any other uh, stories or experiences, Bruce, you want to share with us about about um, the darkness, the just you know, all all its subtleties? Well, I'll I'll, I'll give a an example of um, so I was sober for a long time, um, and uh, and I was really involved in Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, 
uh, I was on the speaker tour and uh, had a conscious contact with God and did everything. And then uh, I got married again, had some more kids, and uh, my business got good, and I got busy. And I got in a fight with my sponsor. Uh, I stopped going to meetings, and that lasted for a year or two. And one day I was driving through um, Temecula, and the thought came to my mind to stop and have a beer. And uh, all the things that had happened to me were blocked out of my mind um, because I'm pretty sure that evil blocked out the, you know, the threat of uh, overdosing and going to prison and going to jail and car crashes and everything was uh, completely not thought of at that moment. Stopped in the uh, MPM, bought a beer, drank it, and uh, nothing happened. But it started an allergy um, of which I'm completely aware of to this day that what happens when I put alcohol in my system and it started uh, a chain reaction that wanted me, I wanted more. And within a couple of weeks, I was, uh, that's all I could think about. And uh, I'm pretty, I'm very, very, very aware of that. And I, and I would say that that's the evil that inside me that uh, I have to be aware of. And if I don't uh, take care of this problem, this mental illness that I have, um, it will rise up again and and take over because i was comp if you had told me that i was going to drink at at that time um i would have said you're crazy okay so so let me ask you a quick question the choice ultimately was yours to get married and get distracted and to be a little bit too busy to continue uh you know growing spiritually or maintaining your spiritual condition by going to meetings or whatever right Correct. So that was not the devil. The devil didn't didn't make that decision. You did. So so again, we just can't we can't dump everything on on evil, right? It was it was our choice ultimately, but uh, but but boy, there was a co-conspirator just waiting, saying, "Ah, yes." Don't you agree? Oh yeah, I heard the yes. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "No, no." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. So. Well, it just it took me down a deep, dark path of which, and then I tried to get back and, you know, I figured, well, I'll just go into Alcoholics Anonymous again. I mean, I know what to do. I know everything and I know everybody and I just won't say anything. Uh, and that just drove me absolutely crazy. Now, now that if whatever you want to say, it had me and it had me lying and deceiting and I'm hiding and I'm taking uh, Budweiser and dumping it into near beer bottles and I mean, I'm, and nobody knows I'm drinking, uh, except for me. My family doesn't know, and uh, it's getting worse. And then everything that goes with that came on. I started going to doctors, and they, my back hurts. I can't sleep. I can't get up. <laughs> so, so, but wait a second. So, back up before. So, before you went into the self pity and going to the doctors, and 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 granted, there was probably a lot of a legitimate physical pain for sure. But before that, were you experiencing shame? Oh yes, there absolutely. And and do you think do you think a, a good energy or a god of our understanding wants to keep us in shame? No, no, no. So there was something. There it is. There it is. There's the demon. There's the demon right there. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, well, I was I was shamed. I, I felt and guilt and guilt. Sure. And. And the denial, the denial started creeping back in too, where I was going like, this can't have, this can't have happened. What did I do? And why did I do it? And 
I was terrorized. I was terrorized again immediately. And uh, it just got worse. And then everything... Uh, ah, listen. <laughs> bottom of the hour. It's just getting good. When we come back with, with our guest and my friend Bruce T., we're going to be continuing to talk about the ambush predator that awaits all of us, especially in recovery and especially those vulnerable in early stages of recovery. Anyway, we're going to be right back uh, here on our show called The Fourth Dimension with your host, Toby C. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Well, well, Bruce. Yes, Toby. We're talking about evil. <laughs> oh, man. And I think what we're probably going to be talking about, I have a feeling, is we're going to be talking about um, denial. I read in this book that deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of, of God, but he may be obscured, all right, by calamity and by pomp and by worship of other things. And that, to me, that's called distraction. And distraction equals, for me, denial. And um, I got to be mindful not to get too distracted. Oh, man, because I'm easily easily distracted but anyway we were just getting warmed up and uh continue with your wonderful wonderful experience of uh of something negative that was was just um determined to to draw you down well i want to i want to go into a, a different uh, uh, sub, uh subject or another part of this evil is um uh toby thank you um when I first came into Alcoholics Anonymous, um, it was not for help. I, I knew I was hopeless. I was hopeless. I was beat. And the only reason I called Alcoholics Anonymous was for a validation that I was hopeless. I just was calling Alcoholics Anonymous. I never met anybody in Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous. I called Alcoholics Anonymous to tell them what I'd done, what was I, how was I drinking, and I was pretty sure they were going to say, we can't help you. Well, that isn't what I heard. I heard that you never have to drink again. And I was very curious at that point. And I went down and met the people in Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, my mind began to work on me, and you might call that the evil part or the denial part, that these people are not like me. Uh, they were younger, older, thinner, fatter, taller, shorter. Um, they didn't drink the way I drank. They didn't drink what I, uh, you know, how much I drank and where I drank. And it was hard for me to relate to this, but I stopped drinking and I, and I was desperate. I was so desperate 
that I listened to what they say and I and all the time my brain was it was just on fire on me just all the time just tell me no you're not going to do this you can't do this you know you're you're, you're not worthy uh, you, you know you're going to drink uh, you, you can't do this and um, I finally went to a meeting and I was just about ready to get a, it probably was, I was about 30 45 days into Alcoholics Anonymous and I was I was just about ready to quit I was just going to go well, you know this is not for me it's just this is, I'm too young and, and you know, whatever. And they, they don't drink as much as I did anyway. And this guy at the meeting jumps out of his chair during the meeting and starts screaming that he drank more than anybody there and they don't know what it's like to be an alcoholic and, and he's young and, and they're all, you know, stupid and everything. And he stormed out of the meeting and left. And because of that guy, I went like, you know what? That's exactly the way I feel. And I finally felt that there was hope. And, and I, I began to listen on a different perspective, thinking that maybe there was people that thought the same way I did and drank the same way I did and had the same demons or whatever in their minds because I didn't understand the mental problem, the mental uh, part of this uh, disease, how the denial and the, the lack of worthiness and, and just the whole point of, of, of alcoholism and where it takes you and what it does to you. Yeah. You know what you're describing is, is you're describing the early experiences of unity, of, of, of being able to relate a little bit. And um, you know, we all come into recovery with this terminal uniqueness. But uh, you know, continue, continue. Well, at that time, I began. I, I got a, a, a sponsor, and I started reading the big book. And it was weird. Um, and I began, at that time, when I, I began to think that people were like me, I began to listen to the stories. And then I started getting really paranoid. <laughs> I'm always getting, I was getting paranoid because I thought people knew me and were looking into my past. And they started telling stories, and it sounded like they, it was my story. And they drank like I drank, and their, th- their thoughts were like my thoughts. And I started getting really like scared, like thinking, well, who are, they? how do they know this about me? Why, why do they talk that way? How, how, you know, and I hadn't said anything at this point. I hadn't really shared, but everything they said was what I thought, how I felt and, and where I was going. And it was, uh, it was sort of frightening. And then I began to realize that I have alcoholism. I have alcoholism. And I began to ask for help a little bit. My ego, and I don't know, if, I'm pretty sure this is with everybody, to ask for help was not something that I was brought up with. It was, uh, you know, stand on your own two feet and do it yourself. And I had done that my whole life. And to, to uh, we say, surrender or ask for help was, uh, was not in my uh, makeup. I had to really force myself to ask for help. And um, when I did, you know, the person I asked, oh, sure, I'll help you, which was... Uh, sort of anticlimactic to this big <laughs> letdown that I thought I was going to get from somebody, no, I can't help you. Right, before you, before you pop the question to your first sponsor, yeah. um, before that, though, you experienced, did you experience open-mindedness all of a sudden? That maybe, maybe if this person can get sober, maybe there's a chance that, that maybe, maybe I'm in the right place. Maybe 
you know, maybe there is a, a chance for me. Did your did your mind start to open up in in the midst of that those those early moments of experiencing unity? What do you think? Yes, it did. It did start to open up, and it was sort of strange because for me, when people said they had ten years, fifteen years, twenty, thirty years, I knew they were lying. That's just not possible. But I had begun to uh, hang with people who are like me, who are beginners or newcomers, as we call them, and. Some of them had 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And I believed that they had stayed sober for 30, 60, 90 days. And they had the same problem I did. And I began to get hope. Hope and the open mind. Yeah, Bruce. Yeah. It was, um, I don't know if anybody else is, but uh, it says in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous that we will know, uh, uh, we will wish for the end and the end uh, in hopelessness. And I experienced that. And when I began to get a little bit of hope, it was, uh, it was invigorating. Um, I really felt um, like I was alive for the first time and that maybe I could stop drinking for a while. And that was because I was hanging around a lot of newcomers who were like me. Like I was saying, they had 30, 60, 90 days. And I believed that they had stayed sober that time, that amount of time. And I was going like, well, maybe if they if they did it, maybe I could do it. And I and for me, every day I was sober was a gift from God. Every day, every day I I couldn't believe that I was sober a day because I'd never been, I'd never from the time I was uh, like sixteen to the time I came into Alcoholics Anonymous in my forties that I had never been without alcohol for a day. Never ever. I made sure that I had alcohol. There would always be alcohol there. There was, and and the thought of not having alcohol there was completely frightening. And when it when I first the first day I didn't drink, uh, I, it was like it was another person. I was became another person, and I began to experience, like you say, the going into the fourth dimension. Because for me, it was like my normal state was drunk. And now I'm going into like something like called sober or normal, whatever normal is, and I'm I'm aware of what's going on. I know who I am. I know where I've been. But it was abnormal for you. It was abnormal for me. And and the devil wants you to think that that what really is abnormal and keeps us in defective relationships with others and with ourselves is really normal. Again, the great illusion. The great, yes, absolutely. But, but to back up there, Bruce, you know, you were talking about one of the early fruits of recovery for you that you were describing, and I could relate to this, is is the open mind to the, the realm of possibility. That maybe if so-and-so can get better, maybe there's a chance for me too, right? And I was a guy who, who was full of self-doubt. I mean, you know, my favorite words were never and can't. And, um, and I was... I was really stuck in uh, the rut and, and full of the demons of, of self-doubt uh, were one of the many demons that I carried around. But anyway, so there it is, the open mind. And, uh, and in, the, in the early stages of recovery, and something wanted to, to rob you of, 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 of dreaming and imagining these good possibilities that awaited you. Absolutely. And then you bring in the concept of God. I mean, I, I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, and, you know, I'm going, they stop drinking, and I'm going, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And they go, okay, and you got to find a, 
a higher power, a God of your understanding. I'm going like, oh, man, that's not going to work for me. because I look for God. I look for God everywhere. I've tried all the religions. I read all the books. I tried Buddhism and Hare Krishna, and I banged the gongs. And I mean, I tried everything to find God because I wanted to stop drinking. I, th- I knew I had a problem. Uh, my dad died a horrible, horrible death of alcoholism. He died at 69. The last 10 years of his life, he couldn't hardly walk. He couldn't. He, he was. It was horrible. He, he, he died of cirrhosis and wet brain, heart disease, uh, cirrhosis of the liver, everything that went with alcoholism. And he didn't. He drank till the day he died, and it was frightening to me to see that. And I have that in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I looked at this and I went, oh my god. But I I, I began to like you say I, I began to have hope. And that was something I was, um, it was a different experience for me. Is hope not a spiritual experience? Hope is a spiritual experience. When you were talking about your beloved father, you know, before he started to deteriorate mentally and physically, had he, had he not, had something happened to him spiritually, perhaps? What do you think? Yeah, because World War Two. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there's, there's always something that'll knock us off our, our perch. You better believe it. But, uh, you know, somewhere I read in this fourth step, in the 12-step uh, method of recovery, that when, we, uh, that when we heal spiritually, when we recover spiritually, that we then, then, and only then can we truly start to recover mentally and physically, but spiritual first. And there it is. And I think hope is a, is a, is a real spiritual experience is it not absolutely when you can give hope to somebody i think it's that's a gift and uh, i was given that that gift of of hope and uh it was it, it that's one of the things that i try to relate to people who are new in the program is try to give them some hope that there is something out there for them and they can stay sober if they stay with us Amen on that. You can't keep it unless you give it away. We get hope in recovery, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. Stand by with the fourth dimension with Toby C. When with our in-studio guest, Bruce T., and a good, close personal friend of mine. We're going to wrap it up here talking about the ambush predator that awaits us all. The devil or the evil or the paranormal experiences that await us all. Stand by when we come right back. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Wow, what a show! We always just. Um, feels like time just flies by um we're in our last segment of this of this um hour too bad of our two hour show but that's okay you know i mentioned in an earlier segment um a near-death experience and um and i did have a near-death experience and i'm not here to talk about uh, my drunk log and 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 how that occurred um I guess we all have a lot of near-death experiences. Maybe we just don't realize it at the time how close we come to being taken out. Um, but I experienced the um, 
I experienced the bright light. My imagination, I've described a God of my understanding, and, and the God of my understanding is this bright light, which is so bright that you can't even look at it without getting your retinas you know, singed out. It's so incredibly bright. You can't even look in, in, in even remotely in the direction of it. It's so incredibly intense and bright. And what I often say is, you know, I was, I was born in a dark room with no light. And, uh, and I was in conflict and collision with everybody and everything. And when I came into recovery, finally, I was one of the lucky ones who had a chance uh, through something called willingness to put the key in the door of this dark room and to open it up ever so slightly and a little, little light into that room. And I got to tell you, we talked about it before. I'll tell you what would slam that door and, and, and plunge me back into darkness is the narrow mind. And how often we're, we're robbed of that in early, early recovery, just when we're starting to move in the right direction, we're still vulnerable. Our vessel isn't full. We, don't, we haven't garnered an unshakable foundation yet. We're really a sitting duck. And how many of our friends, you know, get picked off because they're not... Um, Something happened and something, sometimes it's not always their fault and sometimes it's not a bad decision. Sometimes it's a matter of circumstance. It's, it's not their choice. It's called the inability to live with, with unresolved difficulties. You know, but there it is. There it is. Give us another story, Bruce, before we wrap it up for this hour. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Toby. Um, I did, I, I, I've witnessed the evil in... Um, in a lot of situations, but this one that I, I was thinking about just now is um, there used to, when I got an Alcoholics Anonymous uh, across the street, there was a couple and um, they got into Alcoholics Anonymous too. And uh, the wife uh, was a good friend of mine and the husband and um, they got into Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, everything went fine. And we were all, you know, enjoying going to meetings and so forth. And, uh, at some point in this, I noticed a change in her, and it turns out that she was uh, cheating on her husband. And she became different, and the God consciousness I can, I can see was lost in her, and she was moving away from, um, from AA and, and God. And it was, uh, they weren't friends with us anymore, and then we moved, and I, I didn't see them for a number of years. So fast forward, you know, 10 years later, I, I'm at the mobile station um, at, uh, at the Washington and Country Club, and um, uh, I, uh, I'm putting in some gas, and uh, there's this homeless lady there, you know, all scraggled, gray hair, wrinkled and everything, and um, she's digging for cans in the, um, in the trash can. And she looks up, to, looks up at me, and she goes, "Hi, Bruce." And I go, "Oh my God, it was her. It was the neighbor across the street." And I just started crying. I just started crying. It was in, in uncontrollable tears because I could see the disease. I could see what it had done to her, what what the the evil that had possessed her to go and do this was was the cause and effect. It was the most, it was so, and to this day, when I 
tell the story, a lot of the times I'll start crying because it had such a proud, uh, you know, profound effect on me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she just left. And I just, I just, I was devastated to say the least. But I could see what alcoholism and the absence of God, and to me, a lot of the absence of God is evil. If 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 you don't have God, then something's got to fill that void. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, before you witness the devastation of of somebody who's just shackled in the dominion of of evil, she did make a choice. Remember, we can't dump everything on the devil. Okay, right. she made a choice. And 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 as I was listening to the story, maybe her choice in the very beginning was she moved from faith in a very content, peaceful, sober life, and she became irritable, restless, and discontent. And and my imagination tells me that that not to unfairly judge her, again, I'm trying to be open minded and use my imagination, but something tells me that perhaps she moved into fear that uh, that 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 there is better love, a better relationship, a better companion, more excitement that awaits her out there, and she's missing that. And that, and that's what motivated. Remember, it's about motives. Yeah. And so her motive was was to 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 seek self. There it is, right? Yeah. And there's the eve. That was the evil turning point. She made a decision. Um, that placed her in a position to be hurt. Absolutely. It's, uh, there's a, I think there's a lot of points uh, that everyone has in their life where you can choose either the, you know, as we say, the high road or the low road or the, or the, the good point or the bad point. And it's, and I've had a lot of those in my life and I, and I've looked back on them and I'm glad that I chose the good ones. But, Watching her go through this was, uh, it was, it was terrifying. Um, and I know that, um, that I can, I could do that very easily. Like I said before, when I, without God in my life, without the, the conscious contact, without me talking to God, without listening to God, I will revert to who I was before. And we've talked about this and, and thank you, Toby, for bringing that up is like, the normal and the, and the, and my my normal life and my abnormal life, um, they are completely different, but they are both part of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what a what an hour we're done, we're over. Wow, oh, we just okay. we've really wrapped it up here for the fourth dimension with Toby. See, I want to thank Bruce T for for joining us uh, for this hour. And I hope you stick around for another hour as we as we talk about among among other things, um, the demon of boredom. Ah, boy, I'll tell you, you got to keep sobriety and life interesting, or boredom will take you out. Thank you, Toby. You got it. Thank you so much. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed our show, The Fourth Dimension. I'm your host, Toby C. And uh, come back soon for for more enlightening talk about uh, evil in early stages of recovery. God bless. Take care. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.